Welcome back to the Big Blue Saloon, the football podcast that does not let the facts get in the way of good humor. I am Brett Merker, the man with the golden voice. And as always, I'm joined by the captain, Peter Storm, and the very, very angry D-man, Eric Diamond. Uh, Good news, though, for our listeners. After this week of Giants' incredible news, he is the happy D-man. And we will get into this, into the reason why very shortly. Uh, guys, how are you? How was the week? Uh, I'd love to hear a little bit uh, of how you're feeling this week. Pete, love to hear from you first. Yeah, I mean, the week, was, the week has been a bit of a roller coaster because on Monday, uh, everyone was saying Joe Judge was safe. Uh, and then um, I, I was on a work call and uh, yesterday, and I, I get off the work call and I had 67 texts. <laughs> Uh, all about, and I, I, I had, I had to be something big, and then, but I wasn't thinking Joe Judge getting fired. I really believed uh, he was either going to stay or the next GM was going to do something. So, you know, we'll, we'll get into it later. I mean, uh, you know, this is a rare time where I think the fans and the players and the former players really influenced a decision that an owner did not want to make. But yeah, it was the right decision. It was the right decision, though. Absolutely, was the right decision. We'll, we'll cover that in detail soon. D man, how was your week? How are you feeling? Well, like Pete, it was sort of like a roller coaster. I had the pleasure or displeasure of being there in person on Sunday watching that embarrassment of a game. You know, so I, I, still, I still can't believe you went to that game. Again, it was because my daughter wanted to go and listen. You know, we had a good time. She enjoyed it. And a lot of it was enjoying the fans who were very, very angry. You know, there were people wearing uh, bags over their head. And I did try to start a, a Judge Must Go chant. Um, wow. I really wow. did. Well, your, your, your voice isn't exactly the type of voice that gets the great chance of America star. Well, <laughs> but I have a question, D-Man. You were at the Giants game. Of course, you were wearing your big blue saloon T-shirt, I'm assuming. Yes, but it was under a sweatshirt, <laughs> a jacket, <laughs> stuff like that. It was, it was pretty chilly out there, um, although thankfully the rain kind of held off until the end of the game. Nice. So, but you know, but I was also in shock. Um, I was also working, and when I got out of my session, uh, the highlight was Joe Judge Fart. I was shocked. I was not expecting it either, especially after how Monday it was kind of quiet on that end. Yeah, it was a very it was a very strange week for sure in the NFL. You had your you know your your normal Black Monday where teams were firing GMs and and firing head coaches. Uh, weird week for the Giants. We'll cover that in a minute. Uh, first, let's talk a little Jets news. It's going to be a very short segment here for the Jets. Uh, this is going to be a Giants-centered podcast today. Uh, but I want to get into it a little bit, talk to you how I feel about how the season went, uh, what we're looking like for next year. Uh, you know, it, it is crazy how much wild stuff happens in a Jets season. I, unfortunately, I feel this every year. Uh, the Seattle pick when you trade Jamal Adams turns out to be a top 10. Could have been even be, better. Could have been could even have been better. Even, but they beat Arizona. Yeah, but they beat Arizona, which helped the Giants, actually. It helped the Giants for sure. But when I took a step back, I'm like, you know what? Top 10 pick, that's, that's, that's excellent. Like, very happy about that. We obviously now have two top 10 picks. Uh, crazy other things. Mike White becomes the best player in football for one week. I mean, who, who would have thought that? That was crazy. Uh, Zach Wilson, uh, you know, growing up before our eyes, I know it's slow, but the last three, four weeks, he looked like a competent, and that's all I'll say, competent quarterback. Um, we'll see how this offseason goes, but I was excited to see a little bit of growth. And then LaFleur decided it was time to be in the booth as opposed to on the sideline. 
uh, and he turned into a, a, a legit offensive coordinator. And I'm really excited about his future. I, I'm, I'm so excited. I know this is a little bit much probably, but this is a guy who, if he continues next year uh, to improve as an offensive coordinator, he's going to get a head coaching job in a few years for sure. Um, so really good end to the season. You know, my overall thoughts, and, and I'd like to hear a little bit from you guys, um, is, you know, about what I expected. Um, a top four pick based on their record. Fortunately, we get the Seattle pick. Uh, the defense has holes. The offense has holes. Uh, Zach Wilson looked average, uh, but again, uh, improved a little bit. You saw some signs from the offensive line, um, you know, uh, but overall I, I'm, I'm relatively happy. One thing I wanted to cover though is, um, you know, and I want Pete, I want to hear from you first. The pro football focus, all rookie offensive line came out and Elijah Vera Tucker, our rookie left guard uh, was on that list with Rashawn Slater, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, and Penny Sewell. Um, I could not be happier with that pick, and he's going to be an anchor for our team for a long time. Um, one of my takeaways for this season is the offensive line turned out to not be as bad as I thought and many people thought it would be. Elijah Vera Tucker uh, and, and some of the other linemen that, that really exceeded what we thought they would do. Uh, makes me excited about the next year and, and years to come. Thoughts, Pete? Yeah, I mean, basically the, the Jets doubled down on the offensive line two years in a row. Beckton year one, uh, yeah, last year's number one pick, and then Vera Tucker this year's number one pick. I mean, you know, it, it's hard to gauge uh, the Jets' offense. I think what they have sixty something total yards against Buffalo the other on Sunday. They did. Yes, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to gauge it with uh, them missing their top four receivers and. Uh, Fant didn't play, and so I mean, Wilson had that one throw, you know, what makes you think, wow, this is gonna be a guy's gonna be a superstar. But he, you know, when I and I, I gotta be honest, I watched him, um, more probably closer than I ever have all season. And the thing that still stands out to me is, and I'm not talking about height wise, he's just really small. I mean, he's just skinny, and he's he's yeah. really got to spend a summer in the weight room. And, and but I think you know, on the good part, I mean. It looks like you know the 49ers are a pot of gold of uh, offensive gurus because um, they, they 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 have Lafleur and then his replacement is this guy Mike McDaniel who would not shock me if ended up the Giants head coach. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, That's I mean, a good great point. We, we can get into that later, but yeah, Lafleur is uh, they they could lose. You know, if the Jets make the playoffs next year, which a lot of people think they will, I'm not so sure because. Um, you know, Joe Douglas is one for two in the draft, I think, and their schedule is pretty rough next year. Uh, but yeah, LaFleur is going to be a head, you know, for what he's done with the offense, the scheme, you know, you know, I think a lot of it with the offensive line is, is, is that there's a talent gauge, but a lot of these guys not play well. And I think whatever scheme this 49ers scheme is that LaFleur brought over definitely helped them too. So, uh, you know, tough, tough game for the Jets, uh, but they were gritty. I mean, their defense really, um, impressed me in that game. I mean, we're missing a bunch of players on defense too. And it was a game for the most of the time. I mean, the Jets were better off at the end of the day losing that game. So absolutely. No, that's a great point and a good segue. And, and I'll move it over to the defense. My overall thoughts on the defense for this year, you know, they had very good weeks and some horrible weeks, embarrassing weeks. Uh, you know, that new England Patriots game in the kind of in the middle of the season stands out as a horrendous effort where they didn't even show up the defense, um, but, you know, uh, Demon, I want to hear from you here. So 
I looked this up and, and they have, there's a stack called DVOA. Do you guys know what DVOA stands for? I have no okay. idea. So I didn't know either. It is defense adjusted value over average. So it's, it's basically a ranking. They take a lot of different I, I, I think, I think, I think, I think Matt Narlinger made that one up. He, <laughs> he might know that he might be the architect for that, for that particular stat. So um, basically it refers to defensive rankings, which are adjusted to take into account the quality of offensive opponents. So it's, it's a really interesting metric and, overall the jets did improve a little bit not very much but they improved so last year they were 32nd in overall they were 26th this year defensively um they were i'm sorry their specials were 29th last year this year they were third so the special teams really shine this year which i'm happy about uh their defense went from 21st last year to 32nd this year their offense went from 31st to 20th um, it's really interesting to hear some of these stats. There was improvement on the, on the defensive side of the ball, but guys like Quinnen Williams, who I thought would really step up, had a very, uh, kind of weird season. His brother actually, I feel like played better than him. Uh, Carl Lawson, we lost, obviously, um, you know, a lot of young cornerbacks, Marcus may out for the year. It was a weird season for the defense, but you're right. Uh, Sala has seemed to bring a, an air of toughness to this team. Uh, they play for him, which excites me. So, Demon, I want to hear from you, your overall thoughts on the defense, uh, what you think Sala brings from that side of the ball, and, and and what they look like heading forward into next year. Well, I felt their defense was very consistent throughout the year. There were a few games that I was really impressed. They, you know, The pressure was consistent on the quarterback, and there were some like really big hits. I remember some games like, wow, they're hitting hard. But then you watch games, you know, the, how and their secondary is very weak. I mean, how Tampa just went down the field real yeah. easily. You know, Allen had an easy day last week. Um, but there is talent there, and I do think the Jets' defense can can only get better. Especially, chances are they'll get some pick in the secondary um, in the first few picks, possibly. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Uh, so, so all in all. Uh, a disappointing season, but as we've talked about many times, I feel really good about the future of the Jets. Uh, if only for the, the number of key pieces that look like they have, you know, maybe five to 10 guys that will be hopefully be with this team pending injuries, obviously, for a long time. Uh, they have some good cornerstones on both sides of the, sides of the ball. And like uh, we've said a hundred times, uh, Pete, you bring this up the most. Uh, this is all about Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson is a bust, all of this other stuff doesn't matter. They'll be looking for another quarterback. It'll set them back uh, many years. But um, so that's my that's my feeling about the Jets. I'm excited the season's over. I'm looking forward to the draft. We'll talk about the Tankathon later. Uh, but let's switch over to the Giants because that's what we're here for. Um, what a week for the New York Giants. Um, talk about a range of emotions. Uh, they start out with a very ugly loss to the Washington football team. Which I, uh, I thought when they scored that touchdown that they might that Gettleman and uh, Judge might get an extension. Yeah, I know you <laughs> you were you were texting us that. That's funny. Yeah, uh, a terrible loss to Washington. Uh, poor D Man and and his daughter were in the house to watch that. Uh, as D Man mentioned. Uh, the most entertaining part of that game was watching the fans with the bags over their heads. D-Man's uh, the only person that actually paid to see that game. He is. <laughs> actually. He absolutely probably was the only one that paid. 
Uh, then you have the quote-unquote retirement of Gettleman. We all know that he was essentially yeah. fired. He did uh, not retire. Yeah, we'll get into that later. I mean, you know. <laughs> he, you know what? Hold off. Yeah. I'm kind of speechless on that, how he was allowed to just take pictures with his family and, and, and ride, you know, ride into the sunset. Uh, when when Jerry Reese, who actually won two Super Bowls, got fired with three games left, so we'll we'll get into this later. I mean, I think the one thing we can safely say, both of you guys, is I I was spot on about Gettleman probably about a year before everybody else caught on. Yeah, so let's hear. You know what? Forget it. Let's go. You can hear to our podcast listeners. Pete is passionate. Uh, he this is why uh, this podcast was started because of Gettleman. Um, he got what he, he finally, Pete got what he wanted. So Pete, let's screw it. Let's get into it. Talk to me about this quote unquote retirement for Gettleman. How are you feeling about well, this? The, the only thing I'm going to say on this is I'm, I'm going to say is that Gettleman came in in 2017. They only interviewed three people, but they were always going to hire him. Uh, based on what, I don't know. Uh, you know, he, he whiffed on the two that. Pretty much, Maris apologized for his 2018 and 2019 drafts. Uh, you know, he missed on everything. I mean, there's not one good thing I can say that he's done as general manager. You know, the Barkley pick was bad. The Daniel Jones as the quarterback was bad because when you think about it, it led to them not drafting Justin Herbert the year after. His trades were bad. They're capped out. He's hired and fired two coaches. I mean, go on and on and on. But I, what I'm going to say is this, is that Giant fans deserve Gettleman to get fired. And I know Mara was asked this question, and, and and he said, what was the point? I know this is a forced retirement, but we would be hard-pressed to find an executive in New York sports. And, and there's been a lot of bad ones that has bad of a record as Gettleman did in his four years here. I mean, he, he left his team, and they were in bad condition when he took over. They're worse now than they were when he started, and that's saying a lot. I mean, he came on here, uses his terms hog mollies and all this other stuff. The offensive line has one guy who might be good in Andrew Thomas. He, you know, he he just he just he just you know he just he killed us. I mean, it's going to take us years to recover from what he did. And then you know, and then there's Joe, Joe you know, and then there's this well, Mara used the excuse about him and Gettleman get him and Joe Judge getting along really well. And that's why he didn't fire him after last year, because Gettleman should have been fired after last year. And now news comes out today that the two of them didn't get along at all. Judge hated his guts. So, like, you know, listen, Joe Judge was a terrible, you know, he, he dug his own grave. I mean, he, he was able, he was going to stay. But at the end of the day, I mean, he had no chance with the talent Gettleman left him. I mean, listen, Judge is a terrible coach. He deserved to get fired. But he was really working with nothing. And then you add in the injuries and, I mean, there's a thing that went viral today a little bit at the, with, the, with the draft. Um, I would say one of the best picks of the Gettleman area era is the Ojolari pick that they did in the second round this year. Gettleman didn't want to take him. Joe Judge forced him to take him. So, and, and there's a picture of Gettleman annoyed and walking away. So it's a, it's a great day for Giant fans for Gettleman to be gone. Now, your only hope here now is that is that Mara does the right thing and hires the right GM. Now, the, the name... And- that well, was- before you go into that, Pete, let's yeah. let's we're going to get into the name soon. I'm going to ask you 
your feeling about some of these coach and GM candidates in just a minute. But before we get to that, I'm sorry to cut you off. I don't know. I can talk uh, all day about Gettleman. This, this podcast should have been named the I Hate Dave Gettleman podcast. I, we, we might rename it, actually. Um, so uh, what I want to switch to is, you know, we started with the ugly loss to Washington. D-man's in the house. Gettleman retires. Then you hear... Mara come out and give a semi-vote of confidence to Joe Judge. And, and Giants fans, non-Giants fans, the media, uh, you know, we had Strahan and Ryan Clark and Rex Ryan Tiki freaking Barber. out. Tiki Barber, ex-Giants players freaking out. What the hell are they keeping Joe Judge? This is an absolute joke. So he gets a semi-vote of confidence. And then the next day, the news breaks. Actually, no, he's been fired. Uh, a text goes out to uh, D-Man and Pete from our friend Dave Burke, I believe. And uh, I, could, I could feel the happiness come through the phone from both D-Man and Pete Storm. Uh, D-Man, I want to know how you felt the moment that you heard that not only Gettleman had retired, but Joe Judge would no longer be the coach of the New York Giants. Well, Gettleman, we all knew was going to be retiring. I mean, I agree with Pete. That was really a joke. I mean, they, they gave him way too much respect uh, the way they allowed him to go. But as I said, I was in total shock, and I just felt a sense of relief, like, hallelujah, thank God, you know. And when I saw those back-to-back quarterback sneaks, I said I, – I, and I almost felt like, you know, Johnny should have just forfeited the game. If you're going to play like that, you might as well forfeit. And I'm telling you, the fans were ballistic. They, the few fans that were there. I mean, I've never seen anything like that. I know. That. I, I, we were like in shock. Like, what the bleep are they doing? What the, I mean, and I started to scream, Judge must go right after that. I, I, I've, but, I've, never, I've never seen a coach. The funny thing with Judge, right, is I, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen this, that a, a coach that brought out so much hatred i mean from from former giants from fans from other players aaron Rodgers is making fun of him tmz posted a video of him today i mean this guy just brought out everything and i i you know at the end of the day john mara had no choice but to fire him because from what i understand the gm candidates have said to him that they're not taking the interview if joe judge is still the coach yeah you know they don't, they don't want him they don't want him you know, like you, you, if you're gonna go get Joe Schoen from from Buffalo, you don't want Joe Judge. He wants he wants to bring in Brian Say, you know, Brian Dabble or or Leslie Frazier. You know, somebody he knows. I'm just saying, I'm just using him as a as an example. But but D man, you're you're right. I mean, Michael Strahan in the middle of a Fox pregame show, unsolicited, completely, and I could tell it was spontaneous. He's like, no, 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 because Glazer was reporting that there was a 50 percent chance they were keeping him. Lawrence Tynes, a former kicker, all over Twitter. It, it was funny. Is that you know, like today he's getting a little compassion from the beat writers that he was a nice guy and he was just in over his head. And Marin, his press conference said he still thinks Joe Judge could be a good football coach. I mean, a lot of this is definitely on Gettleman, but a lot of this is what what D Man and I've been saying all season long. Here is a coach. Your team's three and ten, and he's punting. And you know the irony of it all: no player let him down more than Riley Dixon this year. Made him look like an idiot. On all those fourth downs that he didn't go for by kicking the ball into the end zone. I mean, that's, you know, absolutely right. Yeah, I but, mean, listen, but, wait, go ahead, D man. I'm sorry. I was going to say, you know, when you do two quarterback sneaks from the three and four yard line, you're telling your team, I have no confidence in you. 
I mean, if the players didn't lose respect uh, with Judge before that, they certainly did after that. And no, they definitely that, did. Play, the yeah. play, the play, he went to the players, and the players did not have uh, rave reviews about him, that's for sure. No, he that's lost, for sure. He lost, he lost the team with those He players. lost mm-hmm. the team for sure. Mara had to do it. I don't even know why he, he gave that little vote of confidence, but he, he looked foolish. And, you know, unfortunately, once again, Graham Gano is your MVP for the team. That's not good when the kicker is the MVP. <laughs> Uh, and, and, you know, that leads me, you mentioned John Mara. So let's talk a little bit about that. So, you know, we, we get rid of judge, we get rid of Gettleman. Uh, of course, the next thing that comes is a Mara press conference. And, yeah. and Pete, Pete has chronicled these press conferences over the, you know, this last year, they, they become a joke. Um, Mara, I'd love to hear a little bit from you, Pete, uh, about what you heard in this Mara press conference. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it was ironic, right? So you got a, we got an alert today that Mara would be holding a press conference at 115 and it would be on the NFL network and WFAN. So, you know, I'm working from home and I, I have access to both the TV and, and FAN. So I turn it on and then Brandon Tierney and Tiki Barber are like, we just got a text from Pat Hanlon. We can't play this live. Uh, Mara's only allowing one question per beat writer, no follow-ups. So I'm like, this is going to be another, you know, Maris show. So, you know, I, I, I following on Twitter uh, and, 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 and these writers did a great job. And, I, and I'll give you the highlights of the press conference because it wasn't long. Um, it really is pretty telling if you ask me. So he, he revealed that not one thing led to firing Joe Judge. He said the 11 minute rant of the press conference did not help. Uh, he felt like he had to blow things up because the hole they were in uh, became so deep. So my take on that, as I wrote on on Facebook, was no shit, Sherlock. I mean, seriously, yeah. I mean, uh, you couldn't go into next season with Joe Judge as your coach. And then he said he thinks Joe can still be a good coach, but he wanted to give the new GM some more flexibility. No GM was coming here after Sunday's game. I mean, you know, nobody worth the while. And, you know, he knew he, could, couldn't, he couldn't do anything with, uh, you know, with, with Kevin Abrams either. Then Mara was asked why Giant, Giant, and this is a good question, why Giant fran, fran, fans should trust Mara to make the right choice. Uh, he hasn't made the right choice in his last four or five GM coach choices. And Mara said, we'll take our time, because last time they hired Gettleman without interviewing anybody else but Lewis Riddick. Uh, we've not done in the past. We have a good pool of candidates, and he wants to hear their ideas. So, you know, again, we my take on this is we begged him to do this in 2017. Gettleman was coming with a pretty poor reputation from Carolina. Um, there seems to be a voice in Mara's ear, probably from the NFL office, because he is he has hit on the right candidates. I mean, he's got, he's going to the 49ers. He's going yeah, to the Chiefs. We'll get he, into that later. We're going to get into that. Yeah. That is a great point because they – that is the positive. We'll talk about the positive yeah. in a minute, but keep keep telling us. About well, unfortunately, the there is some, he, there is things that he said later that were very points of concern. Though he was asked if this is the most embarrassed uh, that he's ever been in his association with the Giants, and then asked in the follow, you know, in a two part question, why his uh, brother Chris Mara is, is so involved, and his family members and stuff like that. So Mara answers, "Yes, this has been the most embarrassed he's ever been as associated with the Giants." Uh, and I think that's a telling statement uh, and then tries to convince us all that Chris Mara is not involved and that none of his family's involved, but Mara is Chris Mara is a part owner. And that's why he's in on these GM meetings. The media has it in now for the whole Mara family. They, nobody wants any Mara's involved. There's two, you know, his nephew's a player, of course, director of player personnel. Chris Mara is the college scout. 
all these things, you know, have come. And you can tell Mara's very, John Mara's very irritated. He's kind of an entitled millionaire. And he's, you know, almost saying, well, if I want my family involved, so be it. Um, but it seems like uh, fans and former players have really, really got under Mara's skin on this topic. He was asked if some of the good candidates are concerned by what has gone on here and the franchise st- stability. Uh, and he, he did say there has been some concerns from some of the candidates about the franchise stability. But simply said, none of these candidates want his rich, entitled family me- members meddling in their business if they take the job. I mean, that's as simple as that. He says he's not looking for a GM coach package, as been rumored. Um, he's going to hire the best GM possible and then let them lead the search for coach. But then, Mara, this is where Mara loses me, because then he adds in that he will have the final say. Because uh, this opens, leaves the door open for his meddling, and this is how Joe Judge got hired. I mean, Joe Judge came in, he interviewed. Uh, they were supposed to interview like four other guys after him, and Mara fell in love with Judge and hired him. I mean, here was a guy who had only special teams you know, experience, and, and he just hired him. Mara cannot be the uh, last you know, the last buck on this. And, and he definitely left it open for him to meddle here, which, you know, and nobody could ask a follow-up question, which I'm sure they were dying to. Yeah. I mean, Pete, I saw some, I did not watch the press conference, but I saw some tweets after uh, the general feeling was exactly as you described it. Uh, it was not a clean press conference. It was very apparent that Mara, although he is going to concede uh, some a little bit of control, quote unquote. He is still very involved uh, in this process, which is absolutely concerning. D man, I don't know if you watched the press conference, but Pete gave a lot of great information about <clears throat> kind of what Mara's. Where yeah, there, was one, there was one last thing I just wanted to oh, mention. No, it's an important one. One of the questions again was why wasn't Gettleman fired before the end of the season? I mean, that was asked, and Mara dodged the question twice. He was asked it a third time. And he pretty much said, what would be the point of firing him? I, and, then, you know, my take again is I can start listing a few. Saquon Barkley, yeah. Daniel Jones, Nate Solder, DeAndre Bart Baker, Pat Shermer, Al Goldtree, the offensive line. There are plenty of reasons. And also give you a three-week head start from the other teams that are looking for a GM too. So, you know, it, 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 like you said, it was a very, you know, he, he was very, he was very, in the press conference, very like, t- you know, timid, um, but yet like, Yes, you guys have all gone under my skin. I've kind of done what you want. Now leave me alone and let me go do it. This is my team. Too bad. You know, he, he kind of gives off that vibe to you. His father, Wellington, would be would be rolling in his grave right now. And it does seem like there's some involvement from Tish for once. And I think that helped um, push this. But they have an agreement. And I remember I asked Ian about this. And I, and I did some research. And I went to somebody else. And he, some, in the agreement, they, it is a 50-50 split. But Mara has it in writing that he gets the final say over Tish, which is very interesting. That is interesting. D-Man, what are your thoughts on what Pete talked about with the Mara press conference, your general feeling about Mara as an owner? Well, I just, I just think he just doesn't want to tell the truth that basically he screwed up. And I, I don't understand. The one thing I don't really get is why he's so loyal to Gettleman. Because I mean, they give Gettleman a lot. You know, Gettleman worked for the Giants during the, you know, the golden era. And I think he gets a lot of credit for, you know, he worked under George Young and Ernie Accorsi. And when it came down to a choice between Gettleman and Reese, they picked Reese. And I know Mara always felt bad about that because he, I think he wanted Gettleman, but I think they were talked into Reese. So I think he has some sort of, um, and then, you know, Gettleman had cancer too. 
So, you know, Mara is a good man. He's just not, you know, he just... No, you know, no I know yeah. that. And obviously, yeah. you don't want to fire a guy when, when he's going through yeah. cancer treatment. But here's the bottom line. It should have happened before the end of the year. What, he, remember, Gettleman spent all this money on all the free agents, uh, Gallaudet, Rudolph. Well, it, and look the, at the production that we got out of them. You're I've right. never this, seen a bigger waste of money in my entire life. And now we're in cap hell. Because of it. And this is not, you're right. And this is not the most appealing job out there. I mean, there's the Bears job, the Dolphins job, mm. the Vikings job. Uh, those jobs, are, you know, could be more appealing. The only appeal to the Giants job is they have a lot of draft picks this year. So, so that is, that. this is why Pete is the captain. What a great segue. We're going to now switch to the positive. You guys have talked about the negative. I'm exhausted. Uh, the Jets had a better season than the Giants. I know it's hard for you to, to swallow, but it's they true. The same, they actually have the same record. Let's be they sure. had the Let's same record, but, but overall, we know that the Jets are looking up. The Giants, we don't know where they're looking. Sideways. Let's move on. Yeah, they're looking sideways. Let's, let's, look, on, let's look at the, the positive here and talk about first the GM search. So um, a lot of GMs obviously are being interviewed by the multiple teams who have fired GMs. I think there was about seven or eight teams that fired either their GM or their coach. I have the interview schedule in front of me, believe it or not. And I want to hear uh, first from Pete and then D-Man. Um, any thoughts you have about who you might want? And I realize you don't know these guys that well, but maybe, you know, a hint of, you know, what team you'd like to see a GM come from. So they interviewed this morning, uh, Bill's assistant general manager, Joe Schoen. Uh, he had an interview. Obviously, these are virtual interviews. Uh, they also interviewed today Cardinals VP, pro personnel, uh, former safety pro bowler Adrian Wilson. Rooney rule. Uh, Rooney rule. Exactly. That could be a Rooney rule pick. They also uh, interviewed the Cardinals VP. Uh, sorry, tomorrow will be the Cardinals VP of player personnel, Quentin Harris, as well as Ryan Poles, who is the executive chief executive director of player personnel for the Chiefs. So some really good uh, organizations. And then we move on to Joe, Joe Hortiz, who is a Ravens director of player personnel, obviously a great organization. Uh, we have uh, an interview coming up with uh, the assistant GM, Adam Peters of the 49ers. Pete mentioned this earlier. Uh, they might follow in the, in the steps of, of the jets and looking into the 49ers organization. Peters They're also has gonna, some connections that make he does. Up. Yep, absolutely. And then, they're going to also be interviewing Rand Carthon, who is the director of player personnel for the 49ers. And son of Maurice Carthon. And son Ryan. of Mar – exactly. And son of – which is an interesting connection. So this is my take, and I want to hear from Pete first, and then I want to hear from D-Man. D-Man hasn't um, heard any of these guys, so it's okay. It doesn't matter, though, because quite <laughs> oh, honestly – I have. <laughs> other, I'll be honest. Other than Adrian Wilson, who I saw play, obviously, I have not heard of these guys either. But here's what I know. Uh, they are interviewing people from the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Cardinals, all three really good, solid organizations with, with good infrastructure, uh, with good hiring practices, with good players. So if I'm a Giants fan, I'm excited. I don't really care who they pick. One of these guys is going to be the right pick. I love the three teams that they're picking from right now. Uh, obviously there might be an, another one. In fact, uh, I've heard there might be as many, I think there's nine. There might be as many as 13. I read, uh, Pete, you first, anybody that stands out to you, or do you agree with me that the three teams that they're seem to be picking from 
you know, make it look like Mara gets it. Maybe he's starting to understand where he needs to pull from. Well, I think, I, I think you, first of all, somebody's in his ear because he don't know these, he doesn't know these guys from as much as my son knows these guys or, or your kids know these guys. So he doesn't know these guys. And so somebody's in his ear, somebody from the NFL office, but ironically, the, the top two, so coming into this off season, the, actually the top two guys that everybody wanted are not on the giants list. Actually it's, is Ed Dodds from Indianapolis and Will McClay from Dallas. I mean, Will, Will McClay is um, an amazing executive. Uh, he, he has loaded up Dallas with talent. Would you believe they, Dallas? Remember Dallas traded a lot of first round picks. Yeah. So, so I, I, I had, so I have a feeling that those two guys turned the giants down. Um, one McClay because Jerry Jones, Maris scared of Jerry Jones. And he probably never even went there and, Jerry Jones, even though his son is the president of the team, he pays McClay like he's the president of the team. So that guy's almost untouchable. Um, and Ed Dodds very early in the process said he wasn't interested in the Giants job. Those are the two hottest candidates coming into the offseason. That being said, um, the most two most interesting names or three most interesting names to me are um, Joe Moritz from, from uh, Baltimore. I think, he's, I think he is a top candidate. Uh, Joe Shone, Shane, or whatever you want, Scone, however he wants to say his name, from Buffalo, and then there's Ryan Poles from uh, from Kansas, Kansas City, City, Kansas City, and then Adam Peters from San Francisco. I think one of those four guys are the one that's going to eventually get hired. Um, and I think you know he isn't talking about GM coach packages, but when you think about it, you have to start thinking about it, right? So, um, Week Martindale interviewed with the Giants two years ago, and before Joe Judge blew away Mara. Martindale was – I thought Martindale was going to be the coach. Moritz learned under Ozzie Newsom for the last bunch of years. So this Moritz-Martindale combo is a very good possibility. The only thing that I think prevents that is I think they prefer an offensive coach. Yeah. But remember, Moritz drafted Lamar Jackson, so that's interesting. So maybe they look at Malik Willis in this draft as a similar player. And Ozzie Newsom is known as, as maybe yeah. the top guy yeah. in football. Yes, and then Joe Joe Schoen and, and and Brian Dabble is a combo from Buffalo. Uh, you know, Schoen has com, you know uh, connections to Parcells. That's probably meaningful to Mara. You know, Buffalo's a very talented team. He's got a lot to do with it as assistant to Brandon Bean, so he, he's a good candidate. You know, and then you know Ryan Poles, Eric Bieniemy. That's probably another combination to look out for. And um, unfortunately, Pete, though I think Eric Bieniemy is also Rooney Roll. He 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 just seems to never get a job, although he's yeah, talked supposedly about all the he had time. a good inter- supposedly he had a good interview with the Giants a few years ago. So we'll see. Uh, Poles is somebody who's very interested. Because Kansas City's loaded. You you mentioned the old rookie offensive lineman. They didn't draft Creed Humphrey in the first round. I can tell you that. Yeah. Um, and he drafted him. And then the fourth is, is the 49er combo. Adam Peters and this guy Mike McDaniel, who everybody's in love with. They think he's the next Sean McVay. Are the Giants uh, – uh, there's a great clip of, um, of McDaniel talking to a reporter today about why he's the only one who does a – you know how most pitchbacks are to the left or the right. He does it right up the middle. And, and um, you know, right to the back. And he was talking about that. He, he is definitely a hot cat. He worked under LaFleur last year with San Francisco. He replaced him. Uh, that combination is, is another one. You know, you, you can't, you know, any one of these combinations would be an improvement over what they've had in the past as long as Mara allows them to, to make the move. So we'll see. I mean, listen, somebody's in his ear that he's, at, he's in the right organizations. I would have liked to see him get an interview with Will McClay. But, I, you know, I think that's a little bit unreachable unreachable but you know that being said like these are 
you know, I was happy to see these candidates. You know, we're not seeing like Scott Pioli and we're not seeing, you know, some of these retread guys with comedy, you know, things that the Giants. I mean, what, one person was speculating Josh McDaniels and 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 uh, and Scott Pioli coming to the Giants. I don't see them going the, the Josh McDaniels route. It's for a similar reason. I don't see them hiring Brian Flores either. I don't think they'll go down the New England chain again. after. Joe so, Joe. yeah. So, Pete, again, another great segue, a great great uh, overview of the available candidates. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think I, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, you know, the, the, the combination of some of these guys, Dable and the, and the Bills player personnel guy, uh, the Ravens guy would be great. These are all great organizations, which is exciting, right? They're not getting a guy like Gettleman who comes from Carolina, who had bad uh, people, you know, we're not sure about that hire. He, he it wasn't even he wasn't even credited with Carolina's success. Was, he wasn't it was even. It was the exactly. GM before him. Yeah, correct. So horrible hire. So that that's it. You Brent, you mentioned Brian Flores, and that was one of the most interesting things of this, you know, Black Monday. Uh, and we're going to switch over to D Man. I want to hear a little bit from you here. Let's switch over to the coach. So if if that does not happen, like Pete mentioned, that they hire, for example, the Bills. Uh, you know, player personnel guy, and he brings along Brian Dable. Uh, there's a bunch of coaches that they seem to be interested in. Uh, first and foremost is Brian Flores. Brian Flores, who by all accounts, um, from what we all knew, was a very good and is a very good head coach. Uh, they went on like a seven, eight game win streak. Uh, turns out he gets fired on Monday. And, and we're now hearing stories that he had a big blow up with Tua uh, he is not easy to get along with, but bottom line guys is he is a very good coach. Um, so he is definitely on the giants list. I don't know if they'll hire him, but he's on the list. We have Kellen Moore, the Cowboys offense coordinator. Uh, they'll be talking to Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator. No, for I don't Cowboys. want, I don't want, I don't want him. I would not want him either. Then you mentioned Eric, the enemy, the chiefs offensive coordinator. He's always talked about, but seems to never get that head coaching job. You, you know what I always, you know, my favorite thing about Eric, the enemy, if he was the coach of the giants, is the old Chris Berman moniker of Eric sleeping with the enemy. Eric sleeping with the enemy. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Then you have Brian Dable, who to me is uh, my favorite choice. I wanted him for the Jets if they didn't get Salah. He's the Bills offensive coordinator. Uh, I have read Todd Bowles is in consideration. Uh, I don't want a, him. He's a nice guy, but he's a coordinator. Uh, agreed, agreed. But he's had a good year with Buck. I'd rather have Leftwich. I'd rather have uh, uh, Leftwich is on that list. You also have Vance Joseph, the Cardinals defensive coordinator. And then last but not least, uh, which is very interesting, but I don't think it'll happen, will be Patrick Graham, who is our current Giants defense it's coordinator. Not, it's not going to be Jim Harbaugh. If one more Giants fan. It's not going to be him. If one more Giant fan posts about Jim Harbaugh, I'm going to lose it. because not, There's about 25 reasons Jim Harbaugh is not coming here. One of, Number one is they'll never give him the control that he wants. So I don't even know, like – I don't want to hear any more Jim Harbaugh. D-Man keeps talking about Jim Harbaugh. No, I agree. So D-Man, if not Jim Harbaugh, of that of that list of uh, coordinators that I mentioned, does anybody uh, interest you and you hope that they go after them, assuming that the GM that is hired doesn't bring, you know, one of their one of their coaches along with them? Well, before I give you a name, you know, the one thing that I'm concerned about and the Giants have done it for the last three uh, coaches is that a new coach, you know, they need more time to learn how to coach. And the reality is a new coach actually needs 
you know, maybe close to five years. Um, so you think they should be successful? Doug, so you think they should look at Doug Peterson or Brian Flores? Somebody who's I like Flores. Um, that Miami. You only, team, you only like him. You only like him because he's Phil Lamon's neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> That's true too. Um, but first, Miami does not have a lot of offensive talent, and I don't think two is that great. That defense, um, you know, and this is after they traded Fitzpatrick. Um, God, was the last year before? I can't remember. Um, they turned it around and. You know, they're in a tough division. And to win eight out of nine, eight of the last nine games to get fired makes no sense. Now, if there's some personality concerns or issues, that's a different story. But I want, I do want a coach who's tough and I want someone who's coached before. I don't want an uh, offense coordinator. Uh, they're, to me, they're too risky. And we've been bit by that the last three coaches. I mean, Judge wasn't even an offense coordinator, he's a goddamn special teams coach, for God's sake. So, D, so it sounds like to me, Mark, the D-man would prefer a Doug Peterson, uh, maybe, maybe give Bill Cower a call. <laughs> oh, I wish Cower wanted to. No, coach. I'm just saying. Like, you, so you're, you're thinking of somebody. You know, don't tell me you'd rather have Doug Maroney. I mean, uh, no. with Steve Mariucci. I, I can't think of guys that are out there. To, maybe Tom Coughlin will make a comeback and come back. Yeah, the I coordinator, mean, the only coordinator that I'm, I'm kind of positive about would be like Brian Leftwich or something like that. But otherwise, I get scared by these coordinators. I, I like yeah, Kevin Moore. I, I, I would be, I, I want somebody who's young, creative, dynamic. Kellen Moore, this guy Mike McDaniel, somebody like that. I mean, you, you want to, you know, look, look, you want to find Sean McVay. Zach I thought Taylor's Pat Shermer was dynamic, Zach, by the way. Zach Taylor's done a great job in Cincinnati. You know what yeah. I said? They thought Pat Shermer was dynamic. I never thought Pat Shermer was dynamic. He's, Pat Shermer was a boob. No, they, he was on the Vikings. They had a great offense. They, yeah, but they were, he was the last choice out there. That's why. There was like seven hot candidates. Six of them had picked a job, and the Giants hired Shermer. Shermer's a boob. He was always a boob. When they hired him, he was a boob. Yeah, so I, I listen. There's a lot of intrigue right now. It sounds like they're going to, like you said, Mara's going to take a little bit of time and interview all the GMs. And listen, that's the appropriate way to go about it. Uh, we'll you know, see. Merck, can I just make one more point for D-Man? Of course. Guys like Flores and Doug Peterson, they're going to demand a lot of money. And I, and, I, and I don't think that can be underscored here. The Giants are cheap, and Mar is still paying Joe Judge <laughs> and Pat Shermer next year. Yeah, I think that's going to play a role here. I, I, Three I, years I, they're paying Judge. Yeah, I, and they're paying Pat Shermer still. So, oh, God. Yeah, so you, 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 you can't underscore that, I think, with the Giants. I think – you know, the, the the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, the guy, uh, Khan, they got more money than anybody. They'll go out. They don't care that they're paying Urban Meyer all that money. They'll go out and they'll out, outbid everybody for Doug Peterson if they want him or Brian Flores. And that's a more and that's a more appealing job. You got Trevor Lawrence and the number one pick in the draft. So I'm like, you got you know, you got to think about, you know, yeah, I agree with you. Would a good experienced coach be great? But there's no Tom Coughlin's out there. So go the other way. Find this young, dynamic a creative offensive guy like a Kellen Moore, a Mike McDaniel, or a Byron Leftwich. Leftwich was a good name. Uh, Brian Dabble, one of those guys. If it's one of those guys, I'll be fine with it. Yeah, I agree, guys. As an as a impartial observer, not a fan of the Giants, but I do root for them. I agree with Pete, actually. I mean, listen, uh, Doug Peterson is, is is interesting but doesn't impress me. He didn't do that much with the, with the Eagles. Byron Leftwich is something. You want a Super Bowl? Yeah, you want a Super Bowl. No, I mean, listen, come on. I, I, uh, hold I, up, hold up. Remember, they made the playoffs three years in a row, including the Super Bowl. That last year was a disaster. Yes, but he won a Super Bowl. How many coaches can say that? He's no, not absolutely. coming here, though. He's not. No, coming no. Here. Listen, listen, listen. Let me let me qualify what I just said. He won a Super Bowl, so obviously he he gets credit for that. 
but there's no Super Bowl winner that then gets fired uh, a year or two later. Um, that there's that that is unheard of in this NFL. So there's something inherently wrong with Doug Peterson. Why would he be fired uh, after winning a Super Bowl? You, you know, winning a Super Bowl gives you a couple of years. Uh, to, I, think, you know, I think I think it was a similar. It was somewhat similar thing to what happened to Judge. I think there was a public outcry about him. And the way he threw that game to Washington last year, I think that played a big role in it. Well, perhaps, but if we're comparing Peterson to Judge, there is no comparison because, no. like you said, Peterson has a Super Bowl. With uh, let's, yeah, and let's let's guys, let's see if Peterson gets a job. If he doesn't get a job this year, and that's possible, uh, good for him. He won a Super Bowl, but obviously there's something wrong with him. So I'm not so sure about Peterson, honestly, but. You know, let's switch over. I mean, overall, a, a very dis- obviously disappointing season for the Giants. They're, they have a lot of big decisions to make uh, besides GM, besides coach. Uh, they're going to have to, you know, obviously hope that Daniel Jones heals as fast as possible. It seems like they'll keep him for another year. You know, I, uh, Mark, I, I, I think before you get too far on Daniel Jones, I think what the I think when when Gettleman and Judge left the building, I think all bets are off. I mean, you, you bring in those Buffalo guys and nobody laughed here, but they might want to bring in Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. I mean, they spent the whole year with him. You bring in those 49er guys, I can guarantee you they're bringing Jimmy Garoppolo with them. Yeah. And, no, I was thinking about Jimmy you know, Garoppolo. So absolutely. Mark, as a possibility. You know, Mark, Marcus Mariota is a hot name too. I, I, I don't, I, I don't think it's a slam dunk. I think, I don't think it's a slam dunk that Daniel Jones is the starter next year. And I got to be honest with you, that neck injury still, I've said it all along. It's more serious than they're letting on. So who knows? Yeah, I agree. And, and, and honestly, I think they need to move on from Daniel Jones if they can. So we'll see what happens. A lot of intrigue coming up. Let's move on to the tankathon because yep. that's what we're all excited about. Yeah, yep. uh, This is all we have to look forward to as Giants and Jets fans. So uh, as Pete mentioned earlier, you know, the Jets, uh, they got the fourth pick based on their their record. They had the Seattle uh, uh, first round pick. Uh, we, we were as high as I think six for part of the year, seventh, uh, ended up with a 10th pick. So the jets will pick fourth and 10th. Uh, the mock drafts are flying every day. I see a new one every day. It's different. Uh, here's the bottom line for me because we, we, we can dissect every mock draft, uh, and, and make an opinion. My opinion is the jets like the giants have so many holes, uh, cornerback, edge rusher, wide receiver, safety, um, you know, uh, they need they need a tight end. There's so many holes. Um, what I want is hopefully for somebody to fall in our lap that it's not a big decision like an Evan Neal, uh, you know, who I've seen, you know, going to the Jets if he falls at four. Uh, I, I am what I am most afraid of for the Jets is that Derek Stingley is the guy that they're looking at because all the top guys go and they have to make a decision on Derek Stingley, who by all accounts is a fantastic cornerback Jalen Ramsey like, but has a big injury history. Uh, I, I am, I am hoping that that's not the case that they have to pick him. Uh, Cause I have a feeling that's where they will go. If those top three guys are gone uh, with the 10th pick uh, I would want a wide receiver an edge rusher, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see again, what falls to us. I'm hoping that one quarterback gets picked, maybe pick it, uh, in the first 10 picks and somebody falls to them. Uh, but I, Joe Douglas, I've said this before, this is a huge draft for him. He's got to hit a home run. He's got to hit a grand slam, uh, on top of hoping that Jack Wilson is the right quarterback. Um, he, he's got to, he's got to get this right. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited about the draft. 
guys for the for the Giants. Uh, as you know, you have the what is it? The fifth and eighth pick. Fifth and uh, seventh. Fifth and sorry, seventh. fifth and seventh. Fifth and seventh, correct. So we'll start with D-man. D-man, fifth and seventh. I've seen many mock drafts. I've seen offensive linemen. I've seen edge rushers. That's really been really the positions that I've seen for most of the mock drafts. What do you want and at five and seven? No, you said it. I basically want offensive uh, an offensive lineman and an edge rusher. Those are the two most important pieces, and that's what I think we should pick. Now, the reality is with these mock drafts, they're going to change 100 times between now and the draft, especially after the NFL Combine, you know, where people get excited because someone ran this or that's jumped where, this. That's, or, that's where the quarterbacks rise. Yeah, but other positions do, too, especially, you know, looking at the speed or strength of these, you know, edge rushers and stuff. I, I mean, everyone, even receivers, too, sometimes uh, move up, too. But the bottom line is our two biggest weaknesses – our offensive line and edge rusher, and that's where we have to hit home run in. First Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. I, I, yeah. I, I, the, the Giants, what, what I'm hoping the Giants do is that at number five or number seven, is they trade trade one of those picks down um, to, to compile some more picks, pick up a number one next year, which will help them if they need to trade up for a quarterback next year. They should be thinking about 23 also here which is a really good draft. There's three franchise players in that draft, which I'm sure Martucci will talk about us. But if they keep stay at five and seven, which, you know, now with Gettleman gone and new blood coming in, you know, the trade downs are back. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's an edge rusher. If they double down on the offensive line, I wouldn't care about that, too. At some yeah, point, let me ask you this, Pete. Let me ask you this. Because the quarterback uh, coming out are not that great where, you know, teams are going to um, – you know, trade up. I mean, are any of these players on outside maybe the first two picks worth, uh, you know, well, trading down if or you trading look, up? If you, look, if you look at the draft, and I, I have it in front of me right now, right, you got Atlanta at eight, and they're probably sticking with Matty Ice for another year. You got Denver at nine. They need a quarterback. You got uh, the Jets at 10. They don't need a quarterback. You got Washington at 11. So you got Washington at 11, Atlanta, Denver at nine, um, you got Cleveland, they might need a quarterback at 13. So you, what you got to hope for, and, we, and you alluded to it earlier, is that in the combine, you got to hope that Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral, who got hurt in one of the bowl games, just blow up. That forces Washington to want to have to trade. Carolina at six also is a team that needs a quarterback. So, you know, it, it, you know Sam Darnold, Cam Newton, they need a quarterback. So you got to look at six. So you got to think about maybe somebody wants to trade above Carolina at six to the Giants at five. That's see, I don't see that part. at all. I don't. I don't see I don't that know. at all. It depends on what teams think of Kenny Pickett. I mean, every year a quarterback comes out of nowhere. I mean, you know, a quarterback comes out of nowhere in the combine and rises. I mean, it's, look at last year. No one expected the first bunch of picks to be quarterbacks. And I got to give Adam Schefter this. Right after the Super Bowl, he's like, I'm telling you, the, top, the first five picks are going to be quarterbacks. I don't know if it ended up that way, but it was close. So, you know, I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility. I, I, I truly believe, you know, Caroline needs a quarterback at six. Atlanta could use one at eight. Denver definitely could use one at nine. And Washington can use one at 11. You know, do those teams get intel that none of these teams are taking, taking quarterbacks? I don't know. If I'm the Giants, you know, that being said, you know, you, you're not sure. You know, I think Evan Neal will probably go before their pick. So then it's going to come down to the combine to see who the next best um, offensive lineman, whether it's Charles Cross or uh, this kid from NC State, 
you know, or, or, or what have you. I mean, I, I, no scenario should they be taking Kyle Hamilton at a Notre Dame, which is, who's a popular guy. So this is going to be very interesting. We're going to ha- we're going to start having Neil Martucci join us, uh, you know, probably like every other week to start talking about the draft because he knows the draft better than us. But looking ahead to 23, you got Wes Anderson of Alabama, Bryce Young of Alabama, and C.J. Stroud of Ohio State. Those three guys would be the top three picks if they were in this year's draft. So if they, the opportunity comes to trade down, the Giants should be looking to pick up a number one pick next year. Absolutely. And they'll likely, as, as you mentioned, whether even if they get a Garoppolo or, or one of these other quarterbacks, they're going to need somebody to, to develop uh, again. So likely the Giants will will be in the running for a quarterback next year. Yeah, they could uh, be the worst team in the league next year, too. They, so. they could be. And you guys should hope for that, honestly, to get one of these quarterbacks. So, um, you know, a, a great overview about the Giants. Um, I, I can hear kind of the enthusiasm that both of you are 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 giving out for for Gettleman. Pete, Pete, let me ask you, Pete, let me ask you a question. Um, you really Sorry, think man. the Giants can be the worst team in the league next year? If Daniel Jones was healthy all year, how many games are the Giants winning? You think? How many uh, how many of these games would they have won? I don't, think they, I don't think they would have won any of them, to be honest with you. I'm not sure. I mean, they weren't in any of these games. I mean, I, I you know, let, let, let's not romanticize Daniel Jones here. I mean, he was a guy who, you know, he was sometimes he was very good. A lot of times he was very bad. But most of the time he was just mediocre. He, he, he Medi- didn't make We plays. went from mediocre to like plays, disgraceful. Of, he didn't make I plays, mean, committed a ton of turnovers. I, I don't know. I, it's hard to say. It really is. I can't think of any game that they were in. Over the last six games that Daniel Jones might have won for them, I, I, who knows? We couldn't score at all. I mean, at least with Jones, we we could you know, we did hit twenty points a few maybe, times. Maybe, maybe they would have won this Washington game the other uh, the last game of the season with Jones because he seems to play well against Washington. That, that listen, we're lucky he didn't play because they were better off losing all those games. No, I agree with you. Think, but, but think how frustrating it is a Giant fan. I mean, they literally were the worst team in the league at the end of the season. Detroit, Jackson, all those teams are better, and we had the fifth pick to show for it. I mean, really. The Giants are by far the worst team in the NFL by the end of the season. Yeah, there's no question about that. And there's there's a lot of work to be done for both the Jets and Giants. It'll be an exciting couple of months before the draft in April. We'll continue to talk about it. As Pete mentioned, we'll have Neil Martucci, our, our resident draft expert, on uh, perhaps next week, but definitely every other week to talk about uh, some of the different uh, top picks that the Jets and Giants, and, and maybe we will even let him talk about the Denver Broncos a little bit. Uh, I'm excited to hear what he thinks, uh, but let's move on. Uh, one of the fav- favorite segments of our podcast uh, is Pete telling us about the Big Blue Saloon Pick'em Challenge. We have a winner. Uh, mm-hmm. Pete, let us know what happened. Yeah, well, for week 18, we had a winner in Ken. Uh, his second time winning, and we as I wrote, week eighteen is the hardest week to predict. You don't know who's playing, who's not playing. So Kin is the winner of week eighteen. You know, week eighteen. It was his second win. He was very excited immediately after he declared his particip- participation for next season, which always is a a nice gesture. But for the season, we had uh, Al North or Al Newworth, Matt Narlinger's brother-in-law. Uh, he was in first place for seventeen out of the eighteen weeks, and. I don't know if this guy wants his money because he, he doesn't have Venmo. He hasn't joined uh, the uh, 20th century yet with uh, modern banking technology. So Al is uh, the winner of like of almost $1,000. So uh, as soon as he sends me his email, he'll get paid. Uh, in second place, Lauren did finish second. Um, we took a, you know, I told her to take a very conservative approach this week. 
because uh, I didn't think she had much of a chance for first, and and she would have had to do really badly to fall to third. So she finished second, and she's very excited, even though she's mad at me because I and D man, you'll appreciate this. I actually will not pay her right now because that kid <laughs> is dangerous with extra money in her hands. So she's just put it in her uh, bank account. Yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna do. Um, and then in third place was a surprise out of nowhere. Uh, my favorite Kaplan, Coach Adam Kaplan. Yeah, he came in third. Um, he beat out Seth. He beat out uh, Matt. He beat out Josh Knopf. All these guys that were ahead of him all season. So our top three were Al North, uh, Lauren, and Adam Kaplan. Uh, last year's winner, Cesar Lopez, actually finished 17th. So, uh, you know, showing that, you know, year to year, everything changes. But most interestingly enough, in our, in our uh, little contest between the three of us, I won with 174 wins. The D-man pulled away and had 165. Merck, now I said you have one, either one month to move out of Rivervale, or if you don't want to move, you can come up with something special to do on, the, uh, on a future podcast for us. Yeah, it's an embarrassment, honestly. Uh, I started out really slow. I gave, it, gave the reins over to my son, Devin. He, he did really well. This week, he struggled. Uh, I thought we were going to be able to overtake D-man, but... Devin forgot that, you know, this is the last week of the season between COVID and teams that are already in the playoffs. He didn't even check to see who was playing. Uh, I think we might, might have gotten two or three right. Um, I, I have to apologize. We can't move out of Riverville yet. I got three kids I got to get to college. Um, so I'm going to have to do something on, on the podcast coming up. I'll figure it out. I'll let, I'll let our fans know. Uh, something embarrassing because I deserve it. It was a terrible, terrible job by me. Uh, but what I, here's what I'm excited about, Pete. This leads us to Mar- the March Madness pool. Hopefully, we will be hosting a March Madness pool for Big Blue De- Saloon. Definitely, definitely. Last year, we almost had 200 people. Definitely. We almost had 200 people. So that'll be next for us. But congratulations to Al Knopf. Or, or a uh, Super Bowl box pool we did last or, year. Too. Exactly. Maybe we do both. That's a lot uh, of work. It's a lot of work. Pete, you're up for the job. I, I have no doubt about it. Uh. Uh, <laughs> um, so congratulations to Al. Uh, Matt Narlinger, your brother-in-law, is not happy about it, but uh, maybe take him out for a couple beers and he, and, and he will support you. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on to the Facebook page. Pete, tell us how many people we have and, uh, and what's going on there. Still stuck at 198, so we got to get, um, get going on that. Uh, a lot of good stuff on there this week. A lot of people posting, a lot of commentary. Only one person, and that was Ox, who so far has participated in the Giants contest. So maybe you guys can start mustering up some, uh, maybe people didn't see it. But uh, I'm offering up a uh, Big Blue Saloon t-shirt and an appearance on the podcast for somebody who can correctly guess the Giants uh, future coaching and GM combo. Uh, if you remember last year, we did a contest for the Jets coach, and actually nobody got it right on Robert Sala. But Ox was such a Robert Sala fan that we allowed him on uh, uh, last year for a very memorable bit that he was on with us last year. So uh, we'll, we'll have to get that going. But maybe we can muster up some participation. A lot. I'm, I'm sure there's about a week or two before we know who the Giants GM and, and coach are. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, all of our listeners, please forward uh, the link to our Big Balloon Saloon uh, Facebook page. Uh, it's a great prize. It's got, a lot of break, it's got a lot of breaking news on there. I mean, a lot of people tell me that they do find out their breaking news on that page. Absolutely right. We have we have people that are, are contributing from all over the country. So, you know, I was very excited to see Mr. Consor. Uh, yeah, he broke some news recently. Yeah, yeah. He must, he must have finally had a, a break from Jersey Mike's. He had a break from Jersey Mike's. <laughs> he, he had just made an Italian sub with extra pickles. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> hold so the hold the pickles. So uh, we're excited about the Facebook page. We're excited about this podcast. We're not going to stop. We have a draft coming up. Uh, this is a big one for both the Giants and the Jets uh, on top of the GM coach search uh, for the Giants. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for listening. I want to just uh, finish up with some last thoughts. Uh, this is, as Pete mentioned, some of our listeners say this is their favorite part of the show. Uh, let's start with Pete. Uh, any last thoughts? Yeah, I think, um, you know, maybe we should make some Super Bowl predictions uh, during this last thought. Perfect. Um my Super Bowl prediction is I like Kansas City from the AFC. I, I, until somebody beats them, um, I, I, you know, I, I'm going to go with Kansas City from the AFC. Now, the NFC is tricky. I mean, uh, I'm, so I'm going to – I'm not going to go out. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Green Bay. I don't think – I think Tampa Bay is a little too banged up this year. But you can't count them out. I'd love to see another Rodgers-Brady NFC championship game. I don't think Dallas does it. I don't think – um, the Rams get there either. Stafford makes too many bad plays. So right now I like a, I'm not going to make a prediction on who wins, but right now I like, I like a Kansas city and green Bay super bowl. I know I'm going way out on the limb here, but that's what I like. My other final thought is about the Knicks watching yeah. them in the background here, probably their best performance of the season. I think RJ Barrett's been motivated by the fact that John Morant is in the MVP voting talk. He's playing RJ Barrett is playing like how we would hope. 32 uh, points, seven rebounds, two assists. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, maybe, you know, what's gone on with the Knicks that nobody knows is maybe that somebody has told Julius Randle that our, the run, offense is going to run through R.J. Barrett now instead of him. Uh, I think Randle's getting a lot too much shit. Um, you know, let the guy just play. Uh, but, you know, I think the Knicks have a couple of moves in them, probably at the trade deadline. Uh, if everyone remembers last year, this time they were 19 and 20. So now they're 21 and 21. So not so far off of last year's pace. Um, so hopefully, you know, they can turn it around and, you know, continue good play from R.J. Barrett, get Kemba Walker healthy. Uh, good, good, you know, I, for some reason, I feel like a little bit of a turnaround is coming with the Knicks. I'm not sure why. Just something I've seen in, in the recent games outside of the uh, Boston game that they lost away. But you can see that one coming. So, um, you know, those are my final thoughts. Uh, Mercury, you did a great job hosting. Maybe you could do this every week. Yeah, well, we'll see here and there. D-Man, final thoughts. All right, first Super Bowl picks, and I know you can think I'm a copycat. Um, no, I, I, just, I, I, I didn't go out on the limb. I don't blame you if you picked the same exact one as I did. Well, I mean, here's the reality. Although Tennessee is very intriguing because I just couldn't believe that they held on to the division without Henry. But that Tennessee defense is pretty good, and historically – Tannehill. 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 Yeah. What did I say? Yeah. Um, but their defense is, is really better than I thought. I actually thought the Colts were a team to reckon with. And I thought the Chargers, you know, had some shot, and they both didn't make the playoffs. And and, and Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry's coming back for the playoffs. That so. that that Chargers Raiders game was wild. It what was an, wild. What an idiot that head coach was taking a timeout. The Raiders were going to let the clock run out, and both teams make the playoffs. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, that, Sorry, that was that was crazy. But the difference with the Chiefs is that their defense has played much better. I know that they weren't great the last few weeks, but they've been playing much better. So I think that's going to be the difference to make it through. Plus, you know, Mahomes is Mahomes. I mean, um, unless there's, you know, some injuries that happen or COVID, I think the Chiefs are going to make it through. NFC, I just feel that Aaron Rodgers is on a mission and destined uh, not only to get to the Super Bowl, but also um, to win it. You know, originally I thought the Rams had a shot, but Jeff is right. Um, you mentioned the turnovers, the interceptions. Um He's killing them. Yeah. If he can actually 
be turnover free, I think the Rams have a shot because they still have the pass rush. Or, they or can they, run the ball. Or they could lose to Arizona. That's true. Absolutely. And Arizona's played horribly, you know, the last month. I mean Except the Dallas. Exactly. I mean it's yeah. it's it's very yeah. it's, it's all out. I mean, who knows? Yeah. And Tampa's defense is nothing like it used to be. So well, and, and Godwin being out and the Antonio Brown and Fournette coming back from injury, it's a lot to ask. This is gonna likely uh, all of our picks are gonna be wrong and and yeah. you know, this is one it's the NFL. That's what we expect, that's what we love. There's a lot of intrigue every week. Uh, my picks are a little different than yours. I agree with the Green Bay pick. I think Aaron Rodgers is on a mission. Uh, he is looking to win this league. All this stuff about his vaccination status, and he's fighting with the media, and and he has just making had an fun, M- making fun of Joe Judge, making fun of Joe Judge. He's had an MVP season. It's going to either be him or Tom Brady, likely. Uh, I think Green Bay is destined to win the Super Bowl, uh, but I think from the AFC, we're going to see the Bills get there, finally get there. Uh, the, the running game with Devin Singletary uh, has perked up, believe it or not, over the last – the final three weeks of the NFL season, Devin Singletary is in the Yeah, the last three. week was against the Jets. No, I understand. But to be even before that, top three fantasy running backs in football. They're starting to get their running game going. Their defense is excellent. Josh I, Allen I, obviously I, I is feel, excellent. I feel better about Buffalo if I thought they were going to beat New England. Uh, we'll see. That's if they get past New England, then I feel that they're winning the Super Bowl. But again, this is my pick, not yours, Pete. So we're we're gonna we're gonna see what happens. I know, but I'm here to criticize your picks. And Absolutely, picks fair and enough. So I see I see the Bills versus the Packers with the Packers winning it. I could be very wrong, but that's that's what I think is gonna happen. Uh, I'm I'm really excited. Um, my thought on the Knicks. Very similar to yours, um, you know. Listen, they have a lot of winnable games. This was a tough game, but they they blew they blew out Dallas. They held uh, Doncic in, in check. Um, uh, KP is still hurt. What a great trade! COVID, the Knicks made. COVID. He has COVID. Ari is COVID. So uh, still a great trade for the Knicks a couple years ago. Um, they're playing better. RJ Barrett is is looking like what we want him to look like. Is a twenty to thirty point scorer. Uh, make him the centerpiece of this offense. I'm I'm excited. They have some easy games coming up. They have to win them. They have to move up in the standings uh, and, and see if we can repeat what we did last year. Uh, we'll see what happens at the trade deadline. It's going to be interesting. I'm a little bit nervous about that because you hear all these rumors. What, what do you what do you, what do you what do you like if you were the GM of the Knicks and you're if you're if you're Scott Perry or Leon Rose or whoever the hell runs the Knicks and and you're looking at the team, what, what, what position would you would you look to improve? Yeah, I mean it's, it's it's a great question. I mean, listen, point guard, point guard is still is still an issue. Obviously, yeah. with Derrick Rose hurt, uh, Kemba's hurt. Um, that would be an area. You know, I think they, a stretch five. My, I, I've always felt Miles Turner would be a great. Miles player. Turner is interesting to me. I mean, I've heard the De'Aaron Fox rumors. I'm not so sure about him, although I do like him a lot. What, 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 what would they be giving up in the De'Aaron? Yeah, Fox? so th- so this is what I'm the most nervous about, Pete. It's a great point. Like. Part of me wants him to do nothing and just see how far this team can go and figure out what to do next year if, you know, if they get knocked out of the first round. Part of me wants to, you know, entertain offers. Maybe if you get a very good package for Randall, although I love him, uh, you know, he, he's really a, he's really a number two. Uh, he's not a number one. I, I don't think they're going to trade him, but I'm just there's saying. places to trade him. Yeah, I, I understand that. I, but it, you listen, if somebody calls, a, you know, a, a championship a viable team wants Randall and they're going to give you who knows, you know, you got to listen. 
it's going to be interesting. If I, if gun to my head, I want no moves. Honestly, I want no moves. I want them to stay together, continue to play and, and see what happens. So we'll see. I'm excited about the, about the Knicks. I'm excited about March Madness coming up soon. You know, what's uh, ironic. You know, what's ironic about you saying you want no moves. I'm going to be sitting there on February 10th at 3 PM on my phone. Knicks yeah. will make no moves and Merck will be texting me. Why the hell didn't the Knicks make it? <laughs> you know me well. That is that is absolutely a fair statement. Uh, D, D, D man will wake up at six o'clock and ask us when the trade deadline is. Yeah. <laughs> not, <laughs> so, guys, uh, I, I, fun, very fun podcast. Uh, as I mentioned in the beginning, uh, angry D man is a happy D man because Joe Judge is gone, uh, Gettleman is gone. There's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We're going to have a new, new GM, a new coach, uh, maybe even a new quarterback coming up soon. Uh, we've, we've said everything that needs to be said. We're going to have hopefully Neil Martucci on next week. Uh, Pete, it's time. It's time to end this. Uh, it's closing time in the saloon this week. You absolutely do not have to go home. You can just stay here and, and listen to nothing, uh, but you can't stay here. For Pete Storm, the captain, and the angry D-man, I am Brett Merker. Uh, Until next time, have a good evening.